0: This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special bonus edition of Black Box Down. You know, normally we take a look at historic aviation incidents and analyze them, break down what happened and how the industry learned and moved on from there. Uh, This episode, we're doing something a little different. We're going to take a look at famous Plain incidents from entertainment, from movies and TV shows, and talk about how realistic they are and uh, the impact, I guess, that they left on us personally. So uh, we got a special guest with us this week as well. So, but normally, you know, as always, it's me, I'm Gus, and I'm here with Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello. And uh, we're joined by John Reisinger. Hello, John. Hi, glad
1: to be here. Big fan.
0: (laughs) John's got a new new podcast, uh, The Real Canon. Why don't you tell us about it real fast before we get into this uh, this episode, John?
1: Yeah, the Real Canon is a nerd culture deep dive podcast where we discuss the canons that we're all consuming, uh, but not just specifically the the hard canon at all, like the scripts and and actual uh, content that comes out, but also the conversations that are had with the fan base and how that uh, warps and develops the canon in real time. Um, I it's me joined by my co-host Charles Pulliam Moore, who is a uh, nerd culture genre media journalist from io9 um and yeah each week we focus on a single uh topic of nerd culture and uh and just discuss first episode was wandavision second episode going to be all about hades and the video game and our obsessions with uh, mythological narratives and that should be out right now yeah uh, the the wandavision one came out on january 22nd and then so uh the hades one comes out this friday so january 20th. Ninth,
0: so people can get it wherever they listen to podcasts. or yep. search for the real canon, uh, and uh, you'll find it. Just like you found this podcast at one point, many, many months ago. All right, so we have a few different. Each of us brought one incident that uh, that we like that we want to talk about. Uh, we didn't specify an order ahead of time. Uh, do you all have a specific order you want to go through these? Let's or? go down the list that
2: we have in the document. I say.
0: <laughs> well, the the one I wanted to talk about uh, that I brought was Castaway. Remember the Tom Hanks movie from uh, a while ago where uh, he plays a FedEx employee who's in a plane crash over the Pacific and survives on a deserted island. I went back and, and re-watched this, obviously, in preparation for uh, for this episode. And the thing that struck me the most, I think, about this incident was how panicked the crew is when they just can't get in touch with anyone on the radio, which, mm. <laughs> which is a perfectly normal thing when you're flying out over the middle of an ocean. Normally... Mm. You're out of range, uh, and it's it, you. You fall out of contact sometimes, and you know we've covered incidents in the past where people don't know that planes have crashed because there's no way to communicate with them when they're out over a large body of water. So uh, they, they, and they even heighten, they they ratchet the tension up a little bit in that sequence. You know, where they 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 even say that they're transmitting in the blind, and it sounds like so <laughs> ominous, but uh, it's it's like that's that's totally normal that that, okay. that would happen. Well, then, castaway, that's strike one. I mean, yes, yeah, so strike one. Also. When they were filing their flight plan uh, to fly over the Pacific, they probably would have seen this weather system that they get into, and they probably would have avoided it to begin with. (laughs) Like They probably wouldn't have hit this bad weather. They would have known it was there well ahead of time. But in their defense, the weather did not cause the crash. They're very vague about what causes the crash in this movie, but there's some kind of explosion caused by cargo on board.
2: It's definitely Uh, bad weather, though. Seems like part of it. It could also be, I mean... That movie's all about like, oh, they're deliver, they're on time, can't be late. There's maybe like, oh, well, it'll be faster to go through
0: the middle of the storm. It's also faster to not crash. Yeah. So I think (laughs) going around the weather... Would have uh, I, would have benefited them.
1: That could make a really great motivational poster for the offices of all these pilots. It's a lot faster not to crash. I think I saw
0: that at a FedEx store once on the wall. It's a lot faster not to crash.
1: How much do you think FedEx paid for this movie to get made is actually my main question about this movie.
0: So I looked into it and FedEx was okay. They viewed it as a lot of promotional stuff. Uh, I think at the time this movie came out, I want to say that they had not had any fatal uh, plane incidents uh, they had an incident that we covered in our, I believe it was in our first batch of episodes where one of their planes was hijacked by a disgruntled employee. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that episode. Yeah. And I think since the movie has come out, they have had an incident or two. Uh, but uh, overall, they have very few incidents. And I think that they viewed this as, even though, you know, something bad happens to a FedEx plane, they viewed it as promotional for themselves.
1: Yeah. yeah. He did deliver it in the end. You know, that's the- that's the story. That's the story we all remember is that in the end, he delivered it. And he didn't even open it.
0: Yeah. I would have loved if uh, at the end of the movie, he goes to jail because he did open some of the packages. See, a,
1: a lot. <laughs> he opened it. He opened a lot more than not opening, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah. There was one that he saved.
1: Were
2: there any other things that stuck out to you? Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, so I timed it. They they show, you know, in real time, you know, in real movie time, they show the, the crash. And before the incident happens, they say they're at flight level 350, which is 35,000 feet in the air. And it takes them 161 seconds from the time... They're at 35,000 feet to the time they hit uh, the water. <laughs> so I did some calculations, and that means that they were descending at over 13,000 feet per minute. Uh, they were descending at 13,043 feet per minute. That's fast. So an emergency descent rate for a Boeing 747, for example, might be between six and 7,000 feet per minute. <laughs> so it's like oh. over double uh, the speed. So they, they hit the water then at that speed going at about 148 miles an hour, which is incredibly fast. <sighs> Way faster than you would be descending, which leads you to believe that it's an uncontrolled descent, right? Like that they're they're just free falling, almost fall- nose diving yeah. down towards the uh, yeah the ocean. So you know, and I think we've done some videos where we do uh, crash simulations, and uh, I think the thing that Chris says always stands out to him is how long it takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're in the air yeah. for a long time when an incident happens.
2: Mm-hmm. It's weird because you think of a plane crash and you're like, oh my goodness. I'll only have a minute or two, but it's like, no, no, you got like 45 minutes. Yeah, you got to wait. You gotta, you gotta, you,
0: <laughs> if, if you stretch it out, you got a long time before you hit the ground or the ocean in this case. Um, there was also some... I'm going to get real nitpicky here. Do it. There were some inconsistencies here. When the explosion happens and the pilots are... are first of all, they're all panicking. They're not running checklists. That's also uh, unrealistic. I, you would think that experienced pilots, would, when something goes wrong, they immediately begin running checklists. Instead the relief pilot is telling Tom Hanks that they're going to ditch like instantly. He's like, Oh, that's it. We're going in the water.
1: Uh, <laughs> he uh, had that. He had that loaded in the gun. Right. Yeah, He
0: was ready to go. He's like, Get, here's the raft. We're going down. <laughs> uh, but one of the, I think it's the, the first officer says they have a fire in engine four. Um, FedEx does not fly any four engine planes. Ooh. FedEx only flies two engine planes and trijets. So, that's why I gave the emergency descent rate a little while ago for seven forty seven. FedEx doesn't actually fly seven forty sevens, so they don't actually show what kind of plane Tom Hanks gets on. So I, I don't know what's going on here. They, like I said, they they claim there's a fire in engine four, but FedEx doesn't have any four engine planes.
1: This is turning into the aviation version. Of Neil deGrasse Tyson dragging every science fiction, you know, mishap in any movie. Gus, I love it. By the way, I am not criticizing you at all, but I love that Gus is like, um, FedEx doesn't fly four engine planes. Um, This movie is canceled. uh, Zero to ten, not watching again.
0: Listen, I had never noticed that until this last rewatch when I was watching it right before we did this episode. I was like, he called out. A firing engine four, and in my mind, I was like, I don't think FedEx runs any of those planes. I had to look it up and went through all the list of FedEx planes and that to verify it. It's great. Maybe it was initially
2: USPS, and then FedEx was like, No, no, we want this.
1: <laughs> we want this amazing depiction of one of our planes going down. Well, well, we just talked about how it was
2: they viewed it as promotional. Yeah, Tom Hanks delivering the package, Wilson, best friend in the
1: world. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're you're right. You're right. It could have been a it could have been a a veritable uh, sprint to the finish line of of all of the delivery services wanting this piece of uh,
0: media. They want a piece of Tom Hanks, don't we all? Okay, so the the last thing I'm going to bring up, and it's related to what I just said about a four engine plane. After the plane hits the water, you see Tom Hanks like struggling, and he comes up above the water, and you see one of the engines of the plane like still on and running as it sinks into the water. Yeah. That engine that's still on looks like it's a tail-mounted engine, which would only exist in a trijet. No four-engine plane has engines mounted up on the tail, and it's still—if I remember right—it's still running even as as it's partially submerged in the water. Because yeah, it sucks him into the—he wa- gets almost sucked in, right? Right. Yeah, that really wouldn't happen. First of all, like it would be a miracle if this engine was still running, like if the fuel lines were still intact and it was yeah. still drawing fuel from the wing. Uh, then the the resistance of the water would probably make it disintegrate. I mean, we've covered incidents where yeah. something hits uh, you know, the turbine and it disintegrates, like that's what happens. Or it would slow it down so much that it wouldn't suck uh, Tom Hanks in.
2: Yeah, well, and even what we talked about when you ditch in, like the problem with ditching in the water is is like they act like cups and they just loop. Right, but
0: well, this one would have been tail-mounted though, so oh, it would have hit the water mind. later. Oh, but But you raise an interesting point. If they hit the water at 148 miles an hour... That would not have been attacked. Like, that would have probably really fallen apart. It would have really damaged it.
1: That's that's strike three. I think castaway just really needs to be stricken from the
0: record. It's canceled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cast it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that's a, that's about it. Uh, I think, you know, some of the things about trying, you know, that when they are uh, out of contact, they're trying different frequencies to get in touch with someone. I think stuff like that would happen, but... Overall, I mean, it, it looks good and it looks you know cool in the moment. I don't want to you know, like it's not like a terrible movie or anything. Just minor nitpicks.
1: Question: A big, big plot point of the movie is that uh, they were off course by enough of a, a distance that Tom realizes that the search radius to find him is like it's something like the size of like
0: Texas or something like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, why? Why would they have been so far off
0: course? In the movie they explained that they're trying to get around the weather and that's Oh, why and they
1: and they, they were on radio silence, so they couldn't tell like
0: Right. They couldn't update their position. Oh. Is that does that happen? Yeah, that happens, uh like, I mean not I wouldn't say all the time, but it does it does it can happen. And in fact, in that moment in the movie, you see the first officer with like a pen and paper with a map plotting mm. out their new course showing where they are, just like trying to keep track of it, uh not having to use the computer system. Which happens, you know, they would use uh, GPS coordinates provided by the computer. But that kind of stuff does happen. And we talked about before how big search areas can be for missing planes. Yeah. And uh, they're huge. Even if you know the flight path of a plane, they they can be rather large, especially if you don't know the exact moment where it went down. Uh, I think a classic example of that is uh, Air France 447, which went down between uh, Brazil and France over the Atlantic Ocean. And it's like they knew the flight path. Uh, Again, this was an example of a plane that was out of touch with air traffic control, but they didn't know where it went down, and it took them a long time to find uh, the wreckage of that plane, or the black boxes. So it must have been
2: a big storm if they went off course to avoid it and still went into it. And still hit it, yeah.
0: (laughs) It's a a big storm, and that can happen. We've covered that in one of our uh, episodes, especially around that tropical convergence zone uh, around the equator, which is why I assume they were probably uh, hitting. Just to sum it up,
2: how realistic overall— Compared to most movies, would you say that crashes?
1: Compared to most movies, zero out of five. Out of five, Tom Hanks. How many Tom Hanks of of (laughs)
0: realistic is this? Well, if you compare it to other movies, it's extremely realistic. Oh, but if you compare it to reality, um, not uh, one Tom (laughs) Hanks. Okay, one Tom Hanks out of five. Yeah. Okay. Most movies really exaggerate it. Uh, This movie did did exaggerate, but I mean there were some elements of truth in there.
2: (laughs) Okay. Well, I think the movie I picked is um, going to be five Tom Hanks because it's super realistic.
0: Wow. Uh,
2: which is Indiana Jones uh, 2, the plane crash uh, in the Temple of Doom.
0: Why do you call that movie Indiana Jones 2? Nobody calls that movie Indiana Jones 2. I have never called Indiana Jones 2 in my life. Well,
2: okay, maybe maybe it's because before we recorded this, I, I re-watched the uh, plane crash scene from the movie and the YouTube video is Indiana Jones 2 <laughs> plane crash. So <laughs> I was just reading... So so Temple of Doom, Chris? Is that temple, of doom. Doom. temple doom okay, yeah. indiana of Doom, Temple temple of doom Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, who may of remember or uh, have of that movie what's happened is uh indiana jones and his like little kid that he's little working with and little this uh little performer singer lady were ended up escaping onto a plane i'm not exactly sure why it's a little muddled. <laughs> they
0: they had that uh the shootout they were at the uh the nightclub in china shanghai and they, yeah they had the yeah. big shootout and they all had to left and it was it was short round in willy by the way
2: yeah and so they're on this plane and they're they go to from shanghai to chungking and well this is the, my first question and i'm not sure you i'm i was asking you gus they're on these this little. It's a small little plane, right? Little biplane.
0: Yeah, propeller plane.
2: Yeah, yeah. two engine prop. Shanghai to Chongqing. That's because they got the little map thing with the dot that it draws yeah. the line. That is approximately nine hundred and ten miles, one thousand four hundred sixty-four kilometers. Yeah, I don't think that plane could go
0: that far. That plane could not go that far. So I actually uh, had had I looked this up. You all said it was a th- this this plane's actually interesting this this particular plane that they use this is a ford trimotor plane that's in the movie it's nicknamed uh, uh, they nicknamed these planes the tin goose so uh-huh. you know you think of planes as either having two engines you know one under each wing or you know if it's a propeller plane just having that one in the front this one had three propellers <laughs> that one in the front and one under each wing that's great uh-huh. And the range of this plane was about 500 miles. So it could get over halfway between Shanghai and Chongqing without needing to refuel. Okay,
2: so they definitely would have needed more stops.
0: Yeah, they would have needed to refuel once on the way. Mm.
2: And even more, because they go to Shanghai to Chongqing, and then they continue uh, west, and then they go probably another 500 miles. And that's whenever... um, So in the scene, Indiana Jones and Short Round and um, Willie... They're all sleeping, right? And there's a uh, a betrayal. The the two pilots decide to um, betray uh, Indiana Jones, and their plan is while they're sleeping, they're going to empty the fuel for the plane, and then get the parachutes and jump out of the plane into the mountains and let the plane crash. And then what happens is they wake up from their nap, and there's like there's no one flying the plane. Indiana Jones gets uh, an inflatable life raft and the three of them jump out of the plane and inflate the life raft while they're falling and land on it on a a mountain of snow and bounce. And then I guess sled down the mountain on and they're fine. Right. So I'm going to break this down a couple of ways. Right. One, how, how is it a good idea if you're like, if you want to kill people, why not they were all sleeping they could have just like killed them. <laughs> they didn't have to like
0: they didn't have to like destroy their own plane.
2: Yeah, they could have like kept the plane and just like killed them, shot them or or forced them to jump out of the plane. They could have stayed in the plane, they could have made them jump out cuz yeah, they it was their there was their plane and now they're uh somewhere out in the like the mountains in the snow having to hike. So that was bad planning on their part. Yeah, that's a poor evil planning. Yeah. But
0: also, there's not a button to release the fuel, is there? I don't know specifically about the uh, this this plane, the uh, Ford Trimotor, motor uh, But some planes do have like a dump fuel feature. They do. Yeah, just if they need to uh, land, like an emergency landing, very That's quickly right. after takeoff, like they need to reduce their weight. Uh, not all planes have that. Some planes need to just circle until they burn enough fuel. Uh, but some planes can dump fuel. Uh, that okay. is that is the thing that happens. In fact. Um, this is probably never an incident we'll cover on Black Box Down, but there was an incident, I want to say, two or three years ago in Los Angeles where uh, a plane had an emergency and had to dump fuel and the fuel got dumped over a school while kids were outside. Whoa. Yeah, and they got, uh, they got some fuel on them.
1: That is
2: insane. I forgot. We have talked about that, dumping the fuel. It also helps in case when a plane crashes, it's less likely to ignite.
0: Uh, correct, yeah. And, uh, so if the plane has too much fuel and when it tries to land, it'll be overweight. Uh, and like you said, it can cause uh, problems if, look uh, co- with fire.
2: Well, I will say this: when the plane hits the mountain, it has a big explosion. I don't think it would be that big of an explosion because there was no fuel on that plane. That's a very
0: good point, Chris.
1: Is this like? Is that like the same question of like when the Tie fighters get hit in Star Wars and they explode? Can there be explosions like that in space?
0: Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, but hmm. we
1: should have included one of those in one of these, just like a an incident <laughs> of like one of the Star Wars yeah. ships having a crash landing. Doesn't the Millennium Falcon crash in like uh <laughs> Force Awakens? Uh did it,
0: it? I think it it uh it, it does. does. It does. Yeah, but I don't think it explodes or anything. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, I look it forward is. to the
1: episode where you guys cover the Millennium Falcon crashing in <laughs> the ending of Force Awakens. The other thing Is Okay, so they jump out using the life raft. By the way, everyone gives the late Indiana Jones uh, crystal skull, like guff for Indiana Jones getting in a uh, refrigerator to survive a nuclear blast, which by all means is as bonkers as you can get with physics. But this scene from Indiana Jones... Two, as Chris would put it, uh, where they not only fall out of an airplane in a life and survive, but then they also fall off a cliff afterwards yeah. <laughs> into a river and
0: survive. These are the luckiest sons of bees ever if you watch in the movie too when they hit the ground like after they jump out of the plane in the raft and hit the ground they hit vertically it's not even like they at an angle coming down the mountain it's like they hit straight down on the ground oh oh you mean like a
1: like a like a flat plane they hit flat yeah, yeah. oh yeah they, yeah they they don't nose dive into it. no they just they don't like hit a slope and just like gradually Slide, go at the speed yeah. no they just hit
2: it, it's had some sore butts i'll say that <laughs> uh It is snow though.
1: Snow is just compact. It's just ice at that point. It's just landing. Well,
2: you could, it doesn't look this way in the movie, but you know, it could have been freshly fallen snow. So, in which case, it would have like floofed down some. It didn't do that. It just didn't.
1: It didn't. They hit, they they hit, and it kind of like the raft in them bounces a little bit.
2: I will say this though we've covered some incidents where there's been some crazy survival stories. That's true. The one where uh, Julian Kopczyk, uh was in a plane crash um, and landed from like full height. I think it was like twenty thousand feet up. It was pretty high, yeah. Her seats become detached, and she just free falls to the ground. She survives and then walks. <gasps> but a jungle canopy slowed her down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, ah, ah, that's the okay. thing. She did have the jungle canopy. I here's what I think. I think there's it's plausible that they survived, but they would have been messed up real bad
0: yeah so uh there was actually a mythbusters episode where they tried to recreate this oh they did yeah and this was busted they said this was impossible that uh this could not actually happen in real life
1: god bless those mythbusters but i do like to live in the fantasy world where stuff like this can actually happen it still is kind of fun (laughs) as much as guff as i'll give uh this it's 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 indiana jones to a degree of just like You know, does this like, okay? does this mean that Indiana Jones takes place in maybe an alternate universe where physics work differently?
2: No, but I'll say this. There's (laughs) miracles. (laughs) (laughs)
0: True. How
1: often how often is that part of your research, Gus, when you're researching in depth in these? uh,
0: Well, there was the miracle on the Hudson uh, U.S. Airways flight 1549. (laughs) 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 So um, I rewatched this scene right before we did this episode. And the thing that stuck out the most to me. Uh, was the, the pilots, they hit the dump fuel button and then they go to leave. And like, as soon as the dump fuel button is hit, you see the altimeter just starts like spiraling down. Like they instantly start losing altitude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. Like you would maintain your altitude a little bit. The plane might nose down a little bit, but you wouldn't like see that rate of descent immediately
1: correct me if i'm wrong aren't they designed to try to float as much as they can like without just like diving down even if like the engines turn off
0: right they call that the glide ratio uh to, they, they i mean they don't try to make them that way but they the planes will continue they still have some forward momentum uh, and I should say that the, the altimeter didn't start spinning when they hit the fuel button. Uh, it starts spinning like crazy uh, the second that the engines die. Like Indiana Jones looks out the window and the engine dies and the altimeter starts like spinning down like crazy. But yeah, they would have a ways to go. But of course, like in the movie, they say Indiana Jones says he doesn't know how to fly a plane. So I don't know. Do you? Much like Harrison Ford in real life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. nice Damn.
1: burn. Oh, I I, I I wait for Harrison Ford to reply with his burn back. <laughs> What'd you say about me? I can fly a plane. I'll I'll tell you the major thing about this scene that I have the most guff with is that no one's talking about the fact that they just mercilessly killed an entire plane of chickens. Like those yeah. chickens just went straight yeah, to the mountain. pissed off by that too. Innocent chickens. Like yeah. they could have at least like like let the chickens go and see if they could at least like flap their way down to the ground. Like save chickens, okay? Yeah, chickens your your life is in your own wings. Remember how to fly. They pro- okay, what's going to what's going to survive more likely? 3 adults in an inflatable raft dropping from some sort of crazy height or a chicken being thrown out of an airplane and just kind of floating down to the ground? My money's on the chicken.
2: You know what they should have done? They should have gotten all the chickens. <laughs> Tethered them to the inflatable raft, and then jumped out. Used the chickens to help, you know, give them a little more uh, floatiness.
1: Yep, that's a that's an air, that's a uh, aeronautical term, right? Floatiness. Yeah, like
2: a little airship float uh, chicken ship. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I don't think it's the most accurate plane crash. Or just scenario
0: in general. Oddly enough, it is not the most unrealistic thing to happen in that movie.
1: <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Well, it's that, that, that was that was a good incident. I, didn't, I wouldn't think about going to Indiana Jones for a plane crash.
2: Well, there's lots of them. Um, as far as movie rankings go, I would say as far as realism, I'd give that like a... How many Tom Hanks? Movie-wise, I'd say like two, <laughs> one. Castaway got one? Well, no, no. In real life, Castaway got one. Movie-wise castaway got five
1: yeah oh, okay so then movie wise what so two two movie wise for Indiana jones two or one i mean
2: i feel like that's oh. one of those like more ridiculous but you know actually in all honesty there's nothing that crazy other than the not fuel the plane would have crashed
1: yeah it just hit a mountain
2: the, the thing that was like unrealistic was them jumping out of yeah. the plane with the but I, I don't know about Miss, but I still believe in miracles. Um, so I think there's a chance that they, would, they could have survived, but they would have been injured a lot more.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you still believe in miracles, Chris. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we all need that. We're all looking for ways to save money, right? Especially now. So let me ask you this. How would you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? That's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. Uh, so when I was shopping for insurance, I made sure to check out Gabby. This is the time of year we go shopping for insurance, and Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. You can just link your current insurance account, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you already have. That way, you know you're covered. I checked it out myself. Super easy. Just linked it to my existing insurance, and it just showed me quotes from other insurance providers, showing me how much money I could save with other insurance providers for the exact same coverage. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and I bet they'd be nice to have in your pocket every year, right? If they can't find you savings, uh, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing you already have the best rate out there. Uh, that's actually what happened to me. I already had the best rate, and now I know. And they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. You're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check out. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash blackboxdown. That's G-A-B-I.com slash blackboxdown. Gabby.com slash black box down.
1: Should we go to mine? Yeah. Do it. All right. We're we're gonna go to one of my favorite TV series of all time that was completely based around a plane crash in the first episode. That's right. We're going back to the island. It's time to talk about Lost.
0: I love Lost. I'm so happy you chose this.
1: Yeah, this entire show is based around a plane crash. How could you not talk about it on a plane crash episode? Um so yeah, if everyone remembers that uh, Lost very first episode, everybody in the show is on the plane. Not everybody in the show, but uh, the majority of the main cast for the season one, they're on the plane on a plane over the Pacific Ocean. Yes.
0: Yeah, they're flying Sydney to Los Angeles.
1: Sydney, Los Angeles, correct. Um, and uh, during the flight, um, they hit turbulence, crazy turbulence—the kind where people like fly up and hit the ceiling of the uh, plane. Um, And at one point, the fuselage becomes detached from the rear of the plane. Um, The two pieces of the plane then head towards opposite sides of a mysterious island. The rear of the plane falls in the water. Uh, No, the fuselage lands in the water. And the rear of the plane um, lands, I believe, in the jungle. Also, the cockpit of the plane also breaks off at some point in the final descent. And that uh, lands with the pilot in the jungle as well. But... Uh, the majority of everybody in the fuselage then survives, swims to shore, and almost every... A, a lot of people in the rear... T- actually, I don't remember if people in the rear t- did they Some people them died. A lot of them survived. Um, but they the, what it, turns out in the end, it was an electromagnetic pulse that was uh, set off on the island by uh, a gentleman going by the name Desmond, who was supposed to put in 4-8-15-16-23-42 um, every... What's the interval? 180 minutes?
0: It was something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was something like that.
1: And he doesn't put it in because he's too busy fighting the uh, prison guard from Shawshank Redemption. And ends up, the electromagnetic pulse goes off, pulls the plane in, rips it apart, plane crashes, and seven seasons of a show happens it was 108
0: minutes i just looked it up
1: Hundred eight. i knew I had it 180 108 i was there i thought that he
2: put in the numbers and nothing happened
1: he waited too
0: long like the computer was like airing out and
1: like like a bunch of like text keeps going across the screen and he's not able to put it in
0: but remember the hieroglyphics start showing yeah Oh, uh,
1: i thought that happened once they were already on the island no, no because
0: by the time they get to the island the hatch is destroyed because uh the pulse broke it apart right oh yeah. well i mean there is a hatch but it is not this hatch yeah
2: I also didn't finish the series so maybe and there's like maybe there's like time travel I don't know (laughs) maybe I'm mixing something up well
1: as far as the uh, the plane crash goes it it occurs and people do somehow you know talk about people surviving falls this is like People just strapped inside of a of the uh, the fuselage of a plane, and they just drop down into the ocean, and they're they're pretty good. In fact, one of them comes out able to walk when he couldn't walk before, so that's a pretty good
0: outcome. Okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty big thing for him.
1: Even yeah. the dog survived. A dog survived
0: the crash on that one. <laughs> the important thing to remember about this incident in particular. Is that there are supernatural elements of the island that affect the realism of the flight? Like, yeah. we, we're not even we're not even going to get into all of that stuff. No,
1: <laughs> it's it's okay. Yeah, you know they were they had they there was a crash. We can just focus on that. Yeah, let's let's let's
2: assume we're we're viewing it from just the first
0: episode. So before we dig into much into this uh, particular incident, uh, there's there's something that one of the characters says before the plane breaks apart in the air. Jack is talking to Rose yes. across the aisle. And Rose, you know, she says she's a nervous flyer, but that her husband always reminds her that planes want to be in the air. And a few episodes ago on Black Box Down, I said something similar to mm-hmm. that because I've, that this quote has always stood out in my mind that, you know, under ideal conditions, a plane wants to fly. Like it's designed, that's what it's designed for. Uh, it takes an extraordinary set of circumstances to rip a plane out of the air. Uh, air travel is incredibly safe. So that being said... I ran a timer on this incident (laughs) like I Uh didn't cast away. They went a little bit faster than cast away. I'll let you know that. So they don't say what altitude they're cruising at, but I'm going to assume they're at 35,000 feet. And they go from 35,000 feet to crashing into the water in 64 seconds, which would be a descent rate of almost 33,000 feet a minute, uh, which means they hit the water at about 373 miles an hour. (laughs) Nothing would be left at that speed. Like everything would be instantly disintegrated, much less anyone surviving that. Like it would be... There would be be nothing. It would just be little bits of metal and wire everywhere.
2: Let's let's play a game of okay. Well, let's say they cut some of the actual fall time out. And it just fell at the rate that it might normally fall, not the actual on-screen time. I still think there's way too many people alive.
0: Oh, yeah. But there's the supernatural element, again, that we can't really.
1: It helps when you have a, you have a guy named Jacob who is uh, bringing you to the island to see who can be his predecessor. That also is a big helpful thing when you're falling out of a sky in an airplane is that there is a godlike uh, entity trying to get you to be his successor. His successor. Steve, his
0: successor. <laughs> uh, so, I, I actually, I thought about that, Chris. Uh-huh. And I found a video where someone cut together the crash in real time because then they cut it from everyone's different perspective. It's people pretty on the great. ground, people on the air, and it is a 64 second crash. It is. Yeah, it is. Okay,
1: it's a. Fa- I mean, you know, it also got you know it got pulled by a, like. Have Have you guys covered any you know incidences where electromagnetic pulses have been a part of the uh, the crash? Strangely, it hasn't happened yet really it's such a big part of like almost every movie that i can think of
2: (laughs) well but i don't think that would that wouldn't make the plane crash though
0: yeah planes are normally insulated against uh electric and magnetic interference so it really wouldn't be that big of a deal
1: okay then i have a question Mm.
0: what causes turbulence an easy way to put is the wind like different densities in the air okay uh so like different temperatures of of uh air and then air currents moving
1: okay and then second question is, what would be required, you know, without knowing about the electromagnetic poles? What would, what like, what is, is, is there any instance where a plane could be ripped in half like it was in this? Does that happen? Yes. <sighs> right? If it, so, okay. <laughs> Wait, no, hold up. I like that I asked that question, and Chris's response was yes, and Gus just sighed.
2: <laughs> go for it, go for it, Chris. <laughs> Let me see if I can do it. All right, so my, my interpretation of that scene was you said it had really bad turbulence to me that couldn't have been turbulence like where it threw the person up against the ceiling Mm. that was like some sort of explosion in the plane some something happened to the plane that caused it to shake that violently not turbulence
1: if there was a a drastic pull on the plane to descend very ra- dra- uh, rapidly
2: there's some external force like beyond turbulence like either something within the plane must have like uh had an explosion like an internal explosion or maybe like you said jacob or whatever who the hell is pulling the plane down or something because once once a, once a um there's a big hole in the plane then it, it's the other parts can kind
0: of Deteriorate. I would say not necessarily. Remember, we did Aloha Airlines flight 243 where uh-huh. the ceiling was ripped off of that plane and the plane stayed intact. Well, it stayed intact long enough for them to land. Uh, you know, they still flew for another 30 or 40 minutes missing the ceiling of a plane uh, and it didn't fall apart. That's true. They're built to withstand a catastrophic failure like that and still try to maintain as much structural integrity as possible. That being said, Chris is right. If there's like a bomb or some other factor, an explosion, that could happen. But uh, just being ripped apart through turbulence or some other force like this, probably not.
1: Okay. Yeah. Then follow up question If a plane was ripped in half, like F- Oceanic Flight 815 was, which half of the plane is the safest one to land in?
0: The back. Why? Statistically speaking, uh, your chances of surviving a plane crash increase significantly uh, the further back you go. You don't want to be in the front, and you typically don't want to be immediately over the wings because of the fuel. Uh, if you can be just behind the wings towards the back of the plane, uh, but still near an exit, within ideally within seven rows, uh, that's the safest place to be. That's crazy. Purely from a statistics standpoint. Uh, of course, every plane is a little different. Speaking of every plane being a little different, <laughs> here I go. Um, in the show, the plane is supposed to be a Boeing 777, but the plane that's crashed on the beach is an L-1011 TriStar. Uh, again, they used a different plane for the crash than they're supposed to be on.
1: Why would they do that? Is that like a cheaper plane or something?
0: <laughs> yeah, they probably could buy an L-1011 for much cheaper. Gotcha. Like, that's probably what they had access to. And an L-1011 would not have been flown at that time going from Sydney to Los Angeles by any airline. Gotcha. After they hit the ground, you know, there's, there's a very dramatic scene where Jack is running around, like dealing with one emergency and then running to another. He's a doctor, you know, it's like the yeah, ultimate yeah. triage test. He's like, Oh no, there's a pregnant woman. Oh no, this other woman's, uh, I need to do CPR. And he's like trying to manage all of these different crises. And there's an engine on the beach that's still yeah. like running and surging. Oh, yeah. And it's still like accelerating and, and slowing down uh, and it ends up sucking someone into it. Um, that engine probably would have been cut off from its fuel supply, so it probably wouldn't be running. Uh, and even if it was running, you know, they're very focused on the suction of the engine, but they should also be concerned about the exhaust because it would be blowing like crazy behind the engine if it was still running. Mm. Uh, but all they really focus on is the suction part. And then it sucks yeah. someone in and the engine really dramatically explodes. That wouldn't really happen. Like it would break the engine, but it wouldn't explode. Uh, we've covered incidents where engines have catastrophic failure and they're designed to like contain any failure as much as possible.
1: Out of 70 odd people, that guy has the worst luck ever that he survives a literal free fall, you know, crash of a plane just to then be killed by being sucked into the engine. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about this. It
2: is a reoccurring uh, two of the three incidents that we talked about have the engine still running after they land or land, after they crash, which wouldn't happen. I think that's just because it's like it's more tension, more drama.
0: It's possible. Uh, I mean, but it would be a crazy set of circumstances for that to happen. There's also like at one point a wing falls and then it, it creates this huge explosion. Um, jet fuel is not explosive. It would catch fire, sure, but it wouldn't create a huge explosion mm, uh, like mm. they show there. Uh, jet fuel is very similar to kerosene, where it burns, but it's not gas. Like gasoline would explode, uh, jet fuel not so much. Gotcha, gotcha. And then uh, I was like, I said, I was re- I was researching this flight because I knew we were going to talk about it. I found a little bit of trivia that I I did not know, and I thought this is something you might appreciate, John. This might be something that you might talk about on the real canner, like d- digging into like trivia. Well, I know you like Disney stuff, which made me think about it. Yeah, let's go. The flight number eight fifteen is a reference to Disney's Peter Pan uh, animated film. Because when flying into Big Ben, uh, <gasps> Peter Pan sets the time to 8.15.
1: That's so cool. I love that. What? wait, wait. In Peter Pan? When they first uh, take flight on their way to, to Neverland, they have a nice little song that they fly through London. And at one point, they land on Big Ben. And so Big Ben is set to a certain time in that shot. And it's 8.15 p.m.
0: hmm Oh. So, yeah, little nod to that. And what? I guess one other thing, just like a little bit of trivia. Uh, from, from my understanding the show Lost was approved for a pilot because of how expensive uh, this was going to be to produce because they had to show this plane crash. It was an yeah. executive who was losing his job at ABC, and like he kind of wanted to stick it to them by approving a very expensive pilot they would have to make, but it ended up being a super successful show for them. That actually... actually uh says a lot
1: about the show's development because a lot of people obviously have criticism over the mixed theatrical decisions they made or narrative decisions they made throughout the seasons. But the writers and the show runners have always talked about how working on the show, they never knew if they had one more season ahead of them or if they were greenlit for another like three and for a show that was based around so much mystery and, uh, you know unanswered questions it made it very hard for them to know when to develop things and let answers be known but it sounds like to you that gus the show started off not even knowing if it was going to be you know set forward with more episodes
0: right exactly
2: i actually heard the opposite of that gus i heard that the uh executive who greenlit it was fired because he greenlit lost and it was so expensive like, as in, like, you approved this cost on a pilot? Like, are you nuts? And then he was fired, but then it was uh, successful anyway. So, who, but, but, but then know. they That's saw they I, had
1: they got one good glimpse of Jack's, you know, stubble. And they were like, can that man keep that stubble for an entire show run of something? And they said, yes, this man can have stubble on his face for forever. And they're
0: like, all right, let's go. Oh, you are, you are correct, Chris. I double checked it. He was uh, forced out of ABC for greenlighting the pilot to Lost. It was $13 million to make that pilot.
1: Did they ask him back once the show became like a tent pole for the channel? I don't think it works that way. <laughs> 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 well, that sucks. <laughs> oh, man, because that show like basically made that channel. Yeah, yeah
0: that's absolutely uh, crazy that he was right. It was expensive, but he was right. Yeah. Okay.
1: So then as far as show crashes... Where's this land with Tom Hanks?
2: I think it's a one.
1: Uh, Excuse (laughs) you. (laughs) Honestly,
0: I
2: think it's worse than Indiana Jones.
0: Oh, well, 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 let's not go crazy here.
1: Yeah, I I do. As far as like plane crashes in a show, this is like a four or five, I think.
0: Oh, I wouldn't. I don't know about that. I
1: think this is a four. I'm a, I'm gonna give it a four. Four Tom Hanks. Okay.
0: It's 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 your it's your incident you brought. So you're the one who gets to to score. But it. as
1: far as like realism, I don't really hear you guys often in the show talking about how God pulls planes to the ground. So uh, it's probably a zero out of five, Tom Hanks.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a, the Indiana Jones, it's like that could happen.
1: Sure, an unmanned plane could
0: run into a mountain.
2: Sure. The only thing that's unbelievable is the bad.
0: Crooks, the bad bad guys. They're so and bad. M- Mythbuster said you yeah, I know you believe in miracles, but I believe in Mythbusters. <laughs> and they said that uh this was not possible to survive uh by jumping out on a raft.
1: How is that not well, a shirt? We agree. You may believe shirt. in miracles, but I believe
0: in MythBuster. <laughs> let's just make a shirt. Sure, that's not a licensed property or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know
2: what there is a shirt of the black box down shirt, which you can get stored at rootseat.com.
0: Oh, damn, segue into merch. Nice head over to receipt.com and uh, you can, you can get your own black box down shirt. And also do want to remind people they can follow us on social media at black box down pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I guess maybe I'll post some photos of these incidents. I don't know. (laughs) Yes, you will. I I probably, I probably will make a post just so that uh, people can chime in uh, with their own thoughts about these incidents, or maybe you can chime in with some of your own favorite uh, movie incidents. And we can uh, maybe revisit this idea in the future and talk about those.
2: Yeah. I want to hear people telling us which ones they thought were the most uh, Tom Hanks or not Tom Hanks (laughs) and like who's right and who. And if there's anything we missed
1: on Twitter, you can attach four images. I want one image dedicated to each of these movies. And then I want a picture of the dog from Lost. Okay, so just three pictures of plane crashes and the dog from Lost.
0: Sorry, it's one of each incident and Tom Hanks. I've already (laughs) said Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll allow that.
1: Wait, could you do a picture of Tom Hanks with the dog and just pull a random photo from Turner? <laughs>
0: I'll see what I can find. Uh, I do want to remind people also to subscribe to John's new podcast, The Real Canon. You can find it yeah. anywhere you download podcasts, and you can give them a follow on social media as well. Uh, what's your social media handle uh, there, John?
1: At Real Canon Pod. Nice. Uh,
0: but all right, thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed this, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye.